there is a great uh, Facebook page. It's not owned by us. It's not run by us. It's it's just a customer that started the uh, Norvice Tires page. So it's a it's a um, and it's not solely Norvice Tires, but it is there's I think 1,300 members there. Our our ambassadors are on that page all the time, and and they they can answer questions on our behalf. That was Tim O'Neill sharing another great fly tying resource to check out today. The Rotary Fly Tying Vice, today on the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. Welcome to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show, where you discover tips, tricks, and tools from the leading names in fly fishing today. Hey, how's it going today? Thanks for stopping by the Fly Fishing Show. I want to give a quick shout out to our member-supported group. Uh, if you go to whowetflyswing.com slash members, you can check out the group and uh, connect with uh, connect with people there and see what's going on. we got some trips coming up and some good stuff there. So uh, take take this podcast a little bit deeper uh, if you get a chance today. Uh, Tim O'Neill, the main guy running uh, the Norvice show, is our special guest today. We hear the story of how Tim became the main guy at Norvice, uh, what makes uh, the vice unique uh, compared to other vices, and why there aren't more of these fully uh, rotary vices out. We kind of dig into a lot on that. Before we get started, let's hear from our sponsors. Sawyer offers a full line of modern and traditional products for oarsmen, canoeists, kayakers, and paddlers from all genres, providing unsurpassed function, performance, and beauty. Head over to wetflyswing.com slash Sawyer to grab your set today. That's Sawyer, S-A-W-Y-E-R, to get started right now. TurtleBox is the loudest, truly portable, waterproof Bluetooth speaker available. We believe in respecting the peace and beauty while on the water, but listening to great tunes before or after can be amazing. Why not fire up this podcast or a little music after a big day on the water? Head over to wetflyswing.com slash turtlebox to get started today. So let's just jump into this. Without further ado, here is Tim O'Neill from norvice.com. How's it going, Tim? I'm, I'm doing fine, Dave. How are you? Good. Good to uh, good to have you on here. We're going to dig into a little bit on the uh, the Norvice story and you know how you came to uh, you know be tying and doing some live demos and stuff like that. Uh, before we get into all that, just uh, take us back to kind of how you first got into fly fishing. Uh, it was it was weird actually. Um, even to this day, n- nobody in my family, with the exception of my son, fly fishes. And when I was I don't know about 13, 14 or so. There, there was there was this little um, mom and pop kind of outdoor store that was within walking distance of my parents' house. And every night after dinner, I would go over to this this store. It, it was a hunting and a fishing and, and just a, a cool, you know, little outdoor store. And I would hang out there just, you know, just hang out in, in the store because, you know, that's I, I thought it was cool. And that's what um, that's that's what we did back then. And it got to the point to where, like, you know, this kid kept coming in and coming in and coming in. So finally, they, they had no choice, but they gave me a job. So I hmm. started taking out the trash and started helping unloading trucks and, you know, that kind of stuff. And I wound up working there for about for about 10 years, probably. Oh, wow. And what started it for me back in the day, now this is going back to VCRs and uh, VHS cassettes and, and so forth, um, 3M did a an outdoor series of videos and you know there was a you know elk hunting and antelope hunting and archery and this well they had a um a series on on fly fishing and when i started watching those videos and i started watching the the cast and the, and the loop kind of roll out of the the top of the rod and i was just kind of like enamored by it and and i thought man this is the coolest thing in the world so i started when i was I don't know, mid to mid to late teens and kind of got away from it. I got, I got really, really heavy into archery uh, for a while. And um, then I kind of got back to it in my say mid twenties or so. And it's, it's been ever since. So I'm 50 now. So I've been doing it for, you know, about 45 years. Oh, wow. So that's how it got started. What, what was the name of that, uh, that shop and where was that? It was, it was called, um, it was called Dean's place. And it was in the town that I still live in. Uh, it's called Hokesson, Delaware. So um, we're about 45 minutes south of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. 
Oh, wow. So if you look if you look on a map, Delaware has that kind of that arch at the top, right where Delaware, Pennsylvania, and Maryland come together. That little corner right there. That's yeah. that's where we are. Oh, wow. And and it's it's a shame because I, I was actually just there this morning. The the building is still there, and it's it's a Dunkin' Donuts now. So they, oh wow, it, it's it's where I get my coffee every morning. There you, oh, the same place. That's pretty mm-hmm, cool. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yep same store it was a uh, it was the outdoor store then it was a uh, it was a ups store for several years and then it's been a dunkin donuts for probably coming up on 15 20 years now there you go there you yeah. go okay so dean's place and that that's awesome yeah so we won't get into all the coffee talk uh yeah <laughs> although coffee we we've got a uh, a sponsor that's a, a coffee a company which has been pretty cool but uh well let, let's just jump into i want to focus on a little bit today on the rotary vice obviously norvice is one of the unique um vices out there maybe we'll just talk about a little bit of uh, we'll get into some tight uh, tying tips as well mm-hmm but, uh, you know, for the rotary vice, for somebody who has never heard or doesn't know anything about a rotary vice, because there's lots of vices that rotate, right? Um, mm-hmm. yours obviously is a little bit different. Describe, um, the difference between the rotary vice and a non-rotary vice. Kind of okay. Yeah. So a, a non-rotary vice or what I call a static hook vice would be something similar to like the old Thompson model A which if you're a a fly fisher and a fly tire and you're over the age of 40, you probably started on the Thompson model a or a version of the, of the model a, which is, it was basically a hook holder. You would put the hook in device. You would tie the fly. You would take the hook out of the vice. The hook would never move. And you basically had one view of the fly as you were tying it. And from there we evolved to the rotary vices which the the design of the rotary vices would put the shank of the hook kind of on a center line and you could you can slowly rotate the hook 360 degrees and these were great for if for nothing else just being able to look at the other side of the vice or the other yeah. side of the fly rather you could turn the vice and look at the other side and and you could use it for wrapping like you know, hackle and, and chenille bodies and, and things like that. And those, a lot of those designs are still in play today. Now you take that one step further and you come to the Norvice and where the design of our vice, where, where we differ from, you know, a rotary vice, our vice, you can spin the hook on center. Okay. And there's a big difference between slowly rotating the hook 360 degrees and being able to spin the hook on center yeah. with a version of some velocity. Um, and we can do everything that a rotary vice can do, but we can do a lot more. And if you've ever seen us do things like uh, the way we do the dubbing on a Norvice or the way that we reinforce peacock hurl or hackle uh, feathers or things like that, um, you just you you simply can't do on on any other vice, especially the dubbing. You you can't get the RPM that you need to spin the dubbing onto the thread the way that that we do, and it, it opens up a lot of opportunities for us. First of all, you you're not hand over hand wrapping any material, and what happens when you do that? Every time you switch hands, you change the tension on the material. And, and I'm, I'm not knocking it. People have been tying yep. flies that way for hundreds of years and, and it, it, it works and it will, it will, you know, continue to work w- with our vice. You basically, when you're wrapping a material, you hold it in your hand, you set your tension one time, you spin the hook and you have consistent tension on your body or on your hackle or your flash or whatever it is that you're, that you're twisting. Um, and it gives you, in my opinion, a, a better fly because you get consistent tension. It gives you a more durable fly and you inherently, because of the design of the product will tie your flies faster. Yeah. Okay. So, and again, back to the benefits for this thing, it's, um, I mean, it's, there's some speed, but would you say the benefits are a cleaner fly? Is that more, what is the biggest benefit of this over? Well, the, yeah. our, our catchphrase, our catchphrase is tie better flies faster. Okay. And we don't, I don't really promote speed. When, when we're tying um, or when I'm demoing, but because of the the inherent things that the design opens up for you 
if if you were to sit down and tie, say, a dozen woolly buggers on a Thompson Model A, and then you were to tie a dozen woolly buggers on a rotary vice, and then you were to tie a dozen buggers on the Norvice, um, probably all of the flies would fish. All of them would be, you know, very well tied. Um, the Norvice, you're going to get in and out of your vice faster just because it is inherently, in our opinion, a better design and it's a better way to apply materials onto your hook. Gotcha. Okay. And, and why do you think just looking, I mean, I know you, you've been around, the Norvice has been around for a while. Why aren't there more of the Norvice style? I mean, there must be some copycats and things like that, but why are they, I mean, it seems like still it's 95% just your traditional, right? The, the regals that aren't your true rotaries. Well, why do you think there aren't more of these out there? Even though people love them, right? I mean, you hear a lot about people loving the vice. Yeah. We, uh, we, we have a, a, a cult following, if you will. Um, <laughs> we, we definitely don't sell, um, the, the amount of vices as, you know, a Regal or a Renzetti. And, and I have no problem saying their names. Uh, they're great companies. They make a great product. We are friends with the owners of, of both companies. Um, I think it is, you know, fly fishing and fly tying. There's a lot of, of, for lack of a better term, old school mentality. And when people see our product for the first time, th there is definitely some shock factor to it because it looks very different than any other vice that's out there on the market. You know, it, it doesn't look like a Regal. It doesn't look like a Renzetti or, or a Dynaking or anything like that. Um, so there's kind of that, oh, you know, I don't know if I'm going to like this because it's not what I'm used to seeing kind of thing. And I, I just... Um, to answer your question, I don't know why there aren't more that, that do what our vice does. Um, the norm, the previous owner, he did have a, a patent on it and that may have, um, that may have deterred some people. Um, but there's, there's a lot involved in making these things too. And it's not, it, it's a bit more than just a, a dog leg with a, a set of jaws on it. So there's a fair yeah. amount of engineering and there's, you know, so it's, it's not just, cut and dried. Hey, let's go make a vice that spins the hook. It's, it's, it's just not that easy. Gotcha. Let's take it back. I always love to dig into a little bit on the history. And, uh, you mentioned Norm because I remember Norm seeing him at shows back in the day, you know, the big guy, right. He was this up mm -hmm. there tie-in and what, uh, do you know his story? Do you know how the, the actual Norvice, how that all started? Yeah. 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 I, um, I started working with Norm in about 2002, 2004 ish. And, um, I had been machining parts for him, you know, right up until the time to where, you know, myself and, and my son and my wife took over as, as the owners of the company. Um, Norm was a, he was an engineer, a mechanical engineer by trade. Um, he was an avid fly fisher and an avid fly tire. And he, he had this idea for a better way to tie flies. And it's, you know, like you, you hear the term, you know, build the better mousetrap kind of thing. Well, that's what he did. And he started in, oh God, the, the early, early eighties, mm. late seventies, early eighties. And he had a, um, a small, um, lathe and a small milling machine at his house. And he just started tinkering around with, you know, he had the idea of being able to put the hook on center and, and being able to, to spin the bikes. And then he, he just started tinkering around with, um, you know, different ideas and how this thing would look and, and, you know, the parts that he would have to make and, and so forth and so on. And he, he started making vices and, and he was literally making them one at a time in his, his little shop, which was extremely inefficient, <laughs> but it's, you know, it's, it's part of the learning process. And it, it kind of grew from there to, you know, where we are today, which, you know, we're, we're, all of the products we, we do in a, in a production machining environment. Um, if I set up to do a run of vices now, I'll do four to 500 of each part. Hmm. And um, it, it, it's, it's literally the kind of the, the why didn't I think of that? You know, you look at it and, and when you see it and you see what, what it does, you're like, Oh my God, this is, this is like the simplest idea in the world. Why didn't I think of it? But there's a lot more to it than that. And he has, he probably has, I'm going to estimate about eight to 10 years of trial and error and, you know, try this, make a few, put them out to the public. Okay. We like this. We don't like this. Tweak it, 
you know, make a few more. Um, so he started tinkering in the early eighties. I believe he incorporated in like 92 and then he ran the business, uh, basically by himself up until, um, we took over in 2018. Oh, wow. 2018. Yeah. So you just took yep. over a couple of years ago. Years yeah. Ago. Yeah. We're coming up on our, uh, on our, our three year anniversary. So gotcha. what was, what's Nor, uh, what's Norm's last name? Uh, Norlander. So oh, that's yeah, Norlander, where, the, that's where right. the name comes from, Norvice. It was Norm Norlander. Norlander, that's right. Okay, yeah. perfect. So that gives us a little background on on the story there. So basically, yeah, I mean, you've taken over. You're probably going on whatever, two, three years here. I mean, how has it been? What, what's it been like taking over, uh, you know, Norvice? It's, it's, it was, um, it, it's been great. Overall, it's, it's been great. Um, it's, it's a lot of work. I, I will, I will tell you that. Um, we work, it's cause I still, do the machining career. I still have that, which, you know, I, I go and I, I, I work at the shop for, you know, eight, nine hours a day. Then I come home and I work in the Norvice office till, you know, probably 10 o'clock at night. So it's 14, 16 hours a day, you know, every day. Um, my son, he does all of the assembly. Um, so he's here every day working on parts. My wife does all the packing and shipping. So it's, it's basically, you know, two full-time jobs. And, and it's, it's not a complaint by any stretch of the imagination. Um, it just, it's, it's a lot in the beginning. It was, it was tough because, um, Norm unfortunately passed away about a month after we took over. Oh, wow. So, you know, as we're going through and, you know, where do we buy this part from or where do we buy this from? Or, you know, it's not like I could call him and go, Hey Norm, you know, I, I need some help here. What do I do? Cause he, he was, he was, unfortunately he wasn't with us anymore. So the first year was, it was challenging. Um, hmm. We, I think we're past that at this point. I mean, we've, we flipped the inventory several times over. So I kind of know where to get everything and you know, who we deal with and, and where we buy this part from and yeah. where we buy that part from. Wow. So, God, he yeah, must have, he must have known. I mean, you know, like if something like that happens, he must have, I mean, this, the, how long was the process of buying it? I mean, how, oh, you... it was, it was, um, it was very, very, um, quick and easy. Uh, I had been working with Norm for since 2002 and I've been, I've been doing most of oh, the gotcha. machine yeah. of most of the parts. So we had a, a relationship. We had a fabulous relationship. And in, um, in and around 2016 or so, um, his wife became ill first and it got to the point to where he didn't want to travel. Now he was based in Washington state Oh right. and we're in Delaware. So yep. he didn't want to travel to the East coast anymore. Cause it's, if you've ever done it, it's a pain, yeah. you know, and we love doing the shows and, and I'm bummed that we didn't get to do any shows this year, but it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of travel. It's a lot of airports. It's a lot of rental cars. It's a lot of stress. And, um, he just got to the point where he just didn't want to do it anymore. So my, my son and I own another company, O'Neill's fly fishing. And we were using that as a, a springboard, uh, to whatever was going to be our next move in the, in, in the industry. And, uh, we started repping for him out here on the East coast. So sure. we did all of the shows from Boston down to Atlanta. And then we went as far West as, um, the big show in uh, Detroit. So, you know, we, Norm and I had, had a working relationship that at that point had spanned close to 15 years. And when it came time, when unfortunately Norm got his diagnosis that he, he ultimately passed away from uh, brain cancer. Um, all of his personal finances and, and his, his personal stuff were, were well taken care of. And the business side of things, he wanted the business to continue in the manner that he had built it. And um, he picked me and I flew out there. Um, and over the course of about three days, we sat at his kitchen table. We hammered out the terms of the deal and I packed up the entire, uh, Norvice shop that was out in Washington and we shipped it out here to Delaware. Wow. So it was, it was a, it was a fairly easy process to, um, to, to do it. It, it just, it yeah. was, um, it was kind of sad because I mean, we knew why we were doing it. Yeah, right. because he he had, he had received a uh, 
a, a diagnosis. He was uh, stage four and he was terminal. So it was, gotcha. it was literally a matter of time. So it, it just, it's, you know, it, it's kind of bittersweet. It's like the biggest opportunity in my life, but it comes with the fact of knowing that, you know, a, a person that was a huge part of my life and a mentor and a friend, unfortunately was not going to be with us much longer. Gotcha. And what were you doing uh, at the time before you took over? Uh, we were doing, I was doing the, um, I, I was running the, uh, the, the machine shop, yep. which my, my machining career has, I mean, we're coming up on, I don't know, 32 years now Yeah. in on, on O'Neill's fly fishing. We were doing, I was doing some production fly tying. We were doing seminar speaking, a uh, little bit of guiding, um, you know, presentations, club presentations and things like that. So mm-hmm. I had, um, I had managed Delaware's only full service fly shop from 09 to 2014. And when I left the shop, I, I wanted to, um, I wanted to stay in the industry, but I just, I wasn't quite sure, you know, what I wanted to do, but I know I wanted to stay in the industry. So really kind of hanging out and waiting for the next opportunity. And fortunately for us, the next opportunity was Nordvice. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so that gives us a little background on the story and, uh, you know, for anybody that hasn't heard of, you know, doesn't know Norm or that story. That's, I'm glad you touched on that. Maybe we could take, take it to, you know, we're going into a little bit of a nymph fishing season. Um, maybe you could talk about, uh, I know you tie some flies as far as a nymph and talk about how putting that in the Norvice and just describe how that works. Do you have a pattern that we can kind of think about here or something? That, sure. Uh, yeah. Um, probably one of my favorites and, and one that is, that is on, if, if I'm nymphing particularly for trout, um, that's on my rig probably 80% of the time is a Frenchie. Yeah. And it's a very, very simple, very quick, um, pattern to tie. Um, and it's typically a, um, a pheasant body with a, with a wire rib and then a, a little collar of, um, usually typically bright orange dubbing. So, when, when you think about it, 90% of what we do in the world of fly tying, you are wrapping a material around the shank of the hook. So if you're laying down a thread base, if you're wrapping a hackle, or if you're wrapping a, a body or, or what have you. So take that particular pattern, you would you would put the hook in the vise. Um, we have a variety of different jaws that, that you could use. I believe we have four different jaw systems now. Um, I would probably tie this one in our new inline uh, fine point jaw because it, it gives a little bit of access to the bend of the hook. Um, put the hook in the vise. Uh, typically, I would tie my um, I would tie my wire in for my rib. I would tie in the um, the pheasant tail or the the pheasant tail using the tips as the tail. Yep. And then I will take, um, typically with a, with a pair of uh, hackle pliers, I would twist the, the pheasant tail. Now on a standard vise, you would hand over hand wrap that body material. So every time you go over the hook, you would pass the material from typically your right hand to your left hand. And then you would bring your left hand up. And then when you get to 12 o'clock, you would pass it from your left to your right. Well, everybody has, you know, there, there's, as your time flies, there's, a hundred things that can go wrong. You know, people will, will, they'll get to the end and they'll drop it. Right. So then the whole body unwinds. Um, they put too much pressure on it when they're switching hands and they break the pheasant tail. Um, they can put too much pressure, have it roll around the, um, the, the shank of the hook. So with the Norvice, we would tie the tail in with the tips facing out of the back. And that would be the tail of our nymph. I would twist the pheasant tail. I would hold my hand stationary. And then you just take and you spin the hook. And as you're spinning the hook, you move the body material up the body of the fly. So nine, most of, of what we do, we're wrapping over the shank of the hook. So when you do your thread base, you wrap over or a hackle or, or a chenille body will go over. So if you're looking at the front of the vise, if you want your material to wrap over the shank of the hook, you will turn the vise towards you or counterclockwise. Okay. So I would walk that body material up to within a very close proximity to the bead on the hook. I would tie it off with my thread. Then with the wire, you want to counter wrap it so that it crosses the body material because it makes a stronger fly. So this is a scenario where you would want to wrap 
under the hook. So you want to wrap in the opposite direction that the, the body material went. So you would rotate the fly or rotate the vise away from you or if you're looking at the vise clockwise. So if you want to wrap over the shank of the hook, you turn it towards you or counterclockwise. If you want to wrap under the shank, you would go away from you or clockwise. I would walk the rib up the, um, the, the body of the fly. I would tie it off. I would hang the auto bobbin on the cradle and I would spin just a small amount of typically I would use Senyo's laser dub and hot orange yeah. and wrap that on and whip finish and you're done. And a simple Frenchie like that, it, it took three times as long for me to talk about it than it would to tie it if I was just tying it. That's right. Um, you, you could, if, if you're set up in a, in a production you know, scenario where you're, you're tying or you, you've got your hooks pre-beaded and you got all your materials laid out. You could tie a, a Frenchie, a fishable Frenchie when you get proficient with the system in about a minute and 30 seconds. Nice. It, it's it, literally, it's that fast. That's cool. Um, Pertigones, I fish a lot of those. So they're usually very simple thread body um, flies with a bead on them. There's not a lot of material to them. A lot of the, um, the, the new light cured acrylics like um, uh, Solares, which which we're we're very fond of. Um, when you get to the point of doing that, you can put your dab of um, Solares on there. You can use the vise and and you can you can spin the vise to kind of distribute the um, the the material evenly around the um, body of the fly. And then while the vise is still spinning, just hit it with the light. And take it out, and there your pertigone is finished. Oh, there you go. You, you can do you can do pertigones in literally about thirty seconds. Perfect. I mean, it just it, it's unreal how quick you can talk you can burn flies out with this thing. Nice. I want to um yeah I want to talk about the auto bob uh, bobbin and some of the other yeah benefits here. But have you seen what what other unique vices are out there other than Norvice? Is there anything else that's even close? I mean, there's there's honestly there's not really anything that that is. Our product, it, we tout it as the most innovative fly tying system on the market. And it, when you get the vice and, and all the different jaws working and the tube fly attachment and the auto bobbin and some of the other, the dubbing brush table that we make, you can spin dubbing brushes up with the vice. It, it really, it, there is nothing in the world of fly tying or fly design that you cannot do with the system. And, you know, we have, we've got a lifetime warranty on, on all of our parts and pieces. If, um, if, if you break a part, <clears throat> we're going to replace it. Now, if you break the same part five times, we're going to have a talk about that, but we're yeah. still going to replace it. Um, you know, it, it's, we, we do things, I, I think a bit differently in the way that we tie flies and in the way that we run the, the company. Um, our goal is to have happy people tying flies and having a customer that is upset with us really does us no good. So we're, we're centered really around customer service. We're centered around the, the unique design of the vice and the things that we can do with it. Like I've said earlier, that, that quite frankly, and I don't mean any disrespect to any of the other vice companies, but you just can't do what you can do on our vice on another product. It, it's physically impossible. And you can't do, and what you're talking about there specifically is the fact that when you're wrapping with a typical traditional vice, your, your tension's changing a little bit mm -hmm. and, and things like that. But with your vice, you get a solid, I mean, it's probably a more, I mean, would you say a more, um, evenly distributed fly, better looking fly? Absolutely. I would, I would say, um, definitely a more consistent fly because you're, you're going to have consistent tension on your materials. Um, efficiency is a great word. Like I said, we don't. I don't really tout the, the speed in fly tying. That's not my selling point when I have a, a guy, you know, across the counter or that I'm talking to on the phone. It's not like, oh, you're going to tie all your flies faster. You, you will, but it's it's just a byproduct of the design. And we get, we kind of get pigeonholed into the, oh, it's it's a production fly tires vice. And, and I understand that. And, and I, I get where people are coming from when they say that. But it's really it's a vice for everybody. And we did um, we did a promotion um, year before last because we didn't have shows last year. Um, and if, if you at any of the shows 
if you bought a, a system from us, which would be a, a, a full setup. Um, I, I asked everybody to give me three months because there is definitely a learning curve involved in it. Um, but give me three months. And at the end of three months, if, if you call me back and you say, you know, look, this thing just isn't for me, I, I can't get it. I, I'll buy it back from you. I, I'll, I'll give you what you paid for it. You, you basically can test drive this thing risk-free. And at the end of the 2019 um, show season, I have no idea how many vices we sold during the show season. I bought one vice back. Yeah. So it's, it's really when, when you get, when you get on it and you get tying on it and you see what you can do, the, the light bulb kind of goes off and, and I can't tell you, you know, how many people are, you know, Oh my God, why, why did I wait so long to do this? I, I should have bought one right. 20 years ago. This is the best place I've ever owned. You know, my tying is increased and, and, and we get all these, you know, all this positive feedback. Um, and it's great because it does all the things that, that the guys are learning that it, that it does. What so, did the, uh, what did the guy that returned the one guy that returned, what did he have to say? Honestly, I don't, I, when he sent the um, the package back, I could tell by looking at the vice and it. the bobbin. I don't think he ever used no, it. No, no, he didn't. I don't use think it. he ever put it together. He didn't like the way it looked. So, what about now? We, we've had um, you mentioned Greg Senyo. He's been on the uh, the podcast in the past, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I was just watching some videos. Tim Camisa, who's also in mm-hmm. our group, uh, our mm-hmm. Thursday night group, and uh, Kelly Gallup has been on the podcast. These guys are you know, big name, big YouTubers. Um, I'm not sure what they use. I don't think it's a Norvice, but who are some other, are there any like big namers you could go out on YouTube and see using the Norvice right now? Or well, you, it, you can go to, um, if you go to the website um, and, you, and you click on the video ta- video tab that's up at the top of the, uh, the page, all of the original videos that Norm shot with, with the Vice are up there. And there's there's about 60 of them up there right now. So you can see, you know, the introduction to the vice and the introduction to the fly tying bob. And, and, you know, just basically this is our travel kit. This, and, and then it gets into some time videos where he does, you know, just some phenomenal things with the uh, with the vice. And those those videos are going to stay up there. I mean, forever. That's that's he's he's the guy that thought about this. And um, that's kind of my you know, honoring his, his memory, so to speak. Then if you go to the, um, to the, the new Norvice YouTube page, um, there's about a hundred videos up there. And basically what we do, we do a live fly tying, um, Facebook feed every Sunday. And it's typically an hour to maybe a little bit longer, depending on who's tying and, and what fly they're tying. Those those Facebook live videos are downloaded and they're put up on the YouTube page um, the next day. And then we do what's called fly tying Thursday, where it will be a shorter, maybe a 15 minute video of, you know, this is me tying a shad fly or this is somebody tying a pheasant tail nymph or something like that. As as far as as big names, um, you know, we don't have I, I don't have a, a Blaine Chocolate or a Bob Popovix or a Kelly Gallup on on staff. Um, we do have a pro tires staff. Um, to be honest with you, probably our, our biggest, most popular name is Braden Miller, who is a 15 year old fly tying phenom. And um, he's you know, he, he does a lot of shows with us. He does some shows on his own. He's been on the cover of a couple of magazines. Um, he is, in my opinion, he's going to be the next Popovics or Blaine Chocolate or whatever, you know, name you want to put on it. Um, our ambassador and our pro staff, I'm, I'm not I'm not really looking for. You know, the big name people now don't get me wrong if, if blaine chocolate rings my phone up and says hey i want to tie on the yeah. norvice he's going to have a norvice very quickly um but we're, we're more so looking for i i want to promote the the regular the regular guy who is a fantastic fly tire that not a lot of people know about you know so if if you look on our our ambassador page or our team norvice page most of the people you have probably never heard of before but when you start looking at the flies that they tie and the things that that they do, um, for instance, we have a gentleman by the name of Grant Alvis on our staff. He is arguably 
um, one of the biggest um, authorities on snakehead fishing in the Virginia area, right? So people are like, what are snakehead? Well, if, if you've never caught or never fished for a snakehead, once you catch one, you'll kick a stone at all your trout gear. You, you, you won't want to fish for trout anymore. So, you know, we have that and we have, you know, people strategically placed around the country where we give you a variety of different um, exposures to different um, types of fishing, different types of patterns and, and so forth. And it's, it's a, a recipe that's been very successful for us. Perfect. Who is your, well, let's dig in really quickly on the cost just so we, uh, so we know what we're looking at here and vice is obviously range from, you know, I, I don't know, you probably should be, if you're looking to buy a vice, probably at least a hundred bucks to get something. I mean, I'm not even sure if there's anything under hundred that's super high quality, but I mean, what, what are we looking at if, to get this thing? If somebody's like thinking they're this sounds good to them, they want to get the whole mm -hmm. package. Do they okay. need to buy the whole kit or is it just the vice or what do they need? No, no, they, they don't, um, the. The, the way that we have engineered everything, it is all, it's all modular. So you don't have to buy everything at, at, at one point, right from the get go, you can start with the vice and then you can add to it as your tying, um, needs change or as your skill level increases and all the, the, the parts and pieces go together. So we, we actually just had a guy, um, within the last couple of months, he, he started buying like one accessory a week. Yeah. And, and the last thing that he bought was the vice. So he had all of the accessories first before he actually had the actual vice to wow. buy on it. That's the way that he chose to do it. Um, we basically, we, we have one model of vice and I, I'm not going to do the, you know, this is our entry level vice. This yep. is our mid level vice. This is that, that I, I don't, I don't believe in that. I, I believe in you, you buy once, you make an investment, you make an investment that's going to last you a lifetime and you're happy with it. So we do have three different versions of the same vice. So our standard vice is going to be the, the black anodized body and it's going to have the brass hardware on it. So the front hub, the rear hub, the friction nut and the thread post top are brass. That one sells for uh, $3.95. Then we get into the legacy vice, which is going to be a black um, body, and the hardware is stainless steel. So the, the front rear hub, friction nut, and thread post top are made out of 303 stainless steel. That model goes for 500 And then our third version is the legacy C, which are the colored vices that we just unveiled um, actually in on Thanksgiving Day. So we have five colors. We have radical red. Liberty blue, shamrock green, sunset orange, and royal purple. And they have the stainless hardware on them and they sell for $550. Internally, the all three vices are identical. Yeah. So it's not like yep. you're getting, you know, this one is better than this one or that. It, it, they are all the same, um, the same vice internally. It's just the different options for aesthetics and um, the, the brass. It will tarnish after a while. There, there's nothing you can do. Brass is going to tarnish and brass is going to patina there. There is nothing you can do about it. Mm -hmm. um, for some people, that is that is a problem, and I understand that. That's why we came out with the stainless steel version. The stainless steel, in 20 years, these parts will look exactly the way they do the day that I machine them. They just they, they will not change color. So Perfect. that's kind of the differences. And then, of course, the colored vices the purple, I mean, I can't keep the purple into stock. Everybody loves the purple. So, yeah. it, you know, it's just the thing of, Hey, I, you know, I like purple. So I'm going to buy a purple bike. Perfect. Perfect. Well, let, let's take it out. Let's start to take us out of here with the 222, which is the top two tip, uh, top two tips, top two flies, top two resources. And, uh, you know, we mentioned nymph, uh, nymphs at the start, maybe we just start there and, and keep it on the flight tying. So, you know, first of all, what's your home? So up in Delaware, what would you say is your, you know, you don't have to tell any secrets, but what would be your home water up there? Um, our home water and our go-to fish here in the northern part of the state is going to be smallmouth. Um, the, the trout fishing in Delaware is is basically non-existent. Um, we have one put-and-take river, um, and it's you're fishing over stocked fish, which th there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but if I'm going to fish for trout, I'm going to prefer to fish over wild fish. Um, so our trout game is, is kind of lacking. 
That being said, I can be in central PA, which is arguably the best trout fishing in the world in about two and a half hours. Oh, right. You're right there. Okay. Yeah. But our, our go-to in a, in the Northern part of the state is going to be smallmouth. Um, our home river is the Brandywine river. So if you're familiar with any of the, um, of the civil war, um, history, the battle of the Brandywine and so forth, that's, that's where all of this stuff happened. And, um, gotcha. it is a, it's a, a blue ribbon smallmouth river. It is definitely a warm water, uh, fishery does not fish well when it's cold. Uh, but that's our go-to down in the, um, in the lower part of the state. Now, granted when I'm talking the upper and the lower, you can get from the top of Delaware to the bottom of Delaware in an hour, 45 minutes, nice. literally an hour, 45 minutes. Um, in the lower part of the state, we have the, the, it's, it's littered with, uh, ponds and lakes that are full of largemouth bass and chain pickerel which they're a cousin to the Northern Pike and a muskie. They're great, great fun on, on the fly rod. And we spend a lot of time um, chasing those. And then we also have a lot of opportunity in the saltwater for striper and flounder, sea trout and bluefish. So where we lack in, um, in the trout fishing, we make up for it in diversity of some of the other species and, and we chase them all. And, you know, I could be tying a, you know, size 20 zebra midge. And the next week I could be tying a, you know, six inch long shad or herring fly to go chase stripers. And with the system and, and the interchangeable jaws, we can do all of that very, very easily. Gotcha. Okay. Perfect. So, so that's the, and then you do some nymph fishing there. Yeah. Yeah. We, most, most of my trout fishing is, is, um, is, is nymphing. Um, I love the nymphing game, whether it's, uh, you know, tight line Euro style under an indicator or dry dropper. I just, I, I honestly, I would rather fish nymphs than dry flies. Yeah. And now, you know, all your listeners heads are just going to explode when I said that, but no. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's what we do. You I know, think that's the most, yeah. It's, it's how we learned how to fish. And, and I just, I really like putting the puzzles together. So, you know, the Frenchie that I mentioned earlier is a go-to, um, the rainbow warrior is a go-to hair's ears, pheasant tails, uh, waltz worms, yep. you know, stone flies, a couple different stone fly patterns that we tie. So that's right. yeah, we, we run the, run the full gamut of it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that the, probably, I'd say probably a majority of people probably nymph fish. I don't know if I'm totally right on that, but I had uh, red, uh, a red's fly shop on, um, a while back and, um, he was noting how it was probably kind of funny. He, he, he noted how, you know, you start out, he would love, you know, you start out nymphing or doing whatever, but eventually when you become a great dry fly fisherman, he's like, okay, that's when I know I'm there. And I'm definitely not there at all, but it, it's kind of a thing for me. I'm thinking like, well, I love nymphing. I love it too, but I would love to get better. I mean, I guess I would love to get better at everything, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm not there on, on the dry fly game. And the reason being is because where I live, we don't have, that's part of the reason oh, right. why the trout fishing is not great. Because Delaware, the, um, the, the, no, not the, good hatches. The, the soil is it's, it's a clay based soil. So the rivers get hot early and they stay hot for a long time. So we don't get the bug life here that we get out, say in, in central PA or, or even say halfway between here and central PA. And I'm not saying that you can't go out and catch a trout on a dry fly in Delaware because you can, but it just, it, it's, it's the exception rather than the norm, or at least the, from my point of view. So we spent our time, we grew up learning how to nymph. That's how we caught fish. And that, you know, that that's kind of what you cut your teeth on. And it's kind of what I migrate to now. Now, if I walk up and there's a pod of, of rising fish, yeah, I will figure out what they're rising to. I will tie a dry fly on and I, I will catch them, but I'm not like the purest, so to speak. Like I, I would, I would rather, I would rather nymph and catch fish then fish a dry fly and not catch fish when they're not yeah, rising. If, exactly. if that makes sense. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Yeah, that's perfect. So, and you mentioned a, a couple flies there. I think uh, were, were those two the waltz worm, or if you had to pick two for fishing today for nymphs, did you talk about? Oh, that? I would. Uh, my my nymph rig is it's typically a we can if I'm fishing PA we can fish three flies, and I will I will typically fish three when I'm nymphing the 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 top fly will be tied off of a dropper tag and it's typically a soft tackle. So depending on the time of year, um, right now it would, it, we're coming into to BWO time. So I would have a little olive soft tackle 
then in the middle, I would have a bigger fly like a waltz worm because you can hide a lot of weight underneath a waltz worm mm-hmm. or a bigger stone fly or even a, um, a green weenie, which is basically just an attractor. I'm not really figuring on catching fish on that particular fly. That's more of an attention getter. Yep. And then off of that, I will trail a, usually a Frenchie and I will typically catch fish on either the soft tackle if they're up in the water column. Or if they're down at the bottom, I'll, I'll stick them on the Frenchie. So that, you know, a version of that rig is, um, it could be a hare's ear soft tackle. It could be a big hare's ear, you know, in the middle for my anchor fly for the weight. And then a smaller hare's ear or a smaller pheasant tail trail off of that. But yeah. that's kind of my basic setup. Perfect. Perfect. And what about tips? If we take it to fly tying, would you have a couple of fly tying tips for somebody? Maybe if they're, I don't know if they're maybe just starting to use your advice or any, any kind of general stuff. I, I would say, um, I, as, as good as YouTube and, and, yeah. and the videos and things on the, on the internet are, I, I would definitely say, you know, immerse yourself in that, but I would also caution you to be careful when, when watching YouTube videos. And, and the reason being, if, if you look at, at a lot of the videos, the, the, um, the title will say, you know, how to tie, you know blah 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 fly and and you think that it's it's an instructional video and when you get to watching it it's not at all an instructional video and it's more of the guy trying to show off his tying skills Hmm. and and i think that is inherent of if you've never really taught a fly tying class it's hard to do instructional videos because you take for granted that the people know especially beginners what you're doing and you do one little thing with your thread and your thread tension or, or something just that, that you think is is obscure or, or that doesn't really matter because you've been doing it for 20 years. Well, a beginner is watching it and they don't have a clue what you just did yeah. to, to make the material do what it's doing. And then they go to the vice and they try to, to duplicate and, and they're struggling. So I would... Um, I would definitely say, especially if you're starting out, don't be afraid to ask questions. I would look for a reputable fly shop or another entity that teaches live fly tying classes because then you get um, immediate feedback and and you can tell the instructor, you know, wait a minute. I I don't know what you did there. I don't know. Can you go back and do it again? Because I'll do it myself when we're doing these live videos. The, the other day I went, you know, and I'm like, okay, now we're going to whip finish. And I picked a whip finisher up and I spent like, I forget that there's people that have never whip finished before. So then, you know, yeah. we, we had a question, Hey, can you show yeah. the whip finish again? And then I picked it up and I did it very slowly and showed the people how to do it. So w- while I think a lot of the, um, the information that is out on the internet, um, as far as time videos and stuff is, is good. Um, I would just say, yep. be, be careful, careful, and, be careful. And, and seek out, live instruction and uh, seek out something where you can get immediate feedback. That's right. That's right. That's good. That's good stuff. Okay. And, and let's just touch on the live stuff. So when, when are you, um, you guys are on uh, Facebook or how are you doing your live? Facebook. Stuff? It, it'll, it'll be on the Norvice uh, Facebook page. We go live every Sunday at 7 PM Eastern standard time. So it's 7 PM, my time zone. Um, this week I happen to be on, I'm the one who's tying live this week. And I think, I think, well, I, I got to figure it out because we're going live tomorrow, but I, I think I'm going to do something, some type of um, intruder type shank fly. So oh, cool. kind of what I'm leaning towards, but I, I don't know. Sometimes I don't know what I'm going to tie gotcha. 10 minutes before we're getting ready to go live and I just pull a bunch of material off the hooks and, and start tying. So, cool. well, but you... I, I think I'm going to do something in because we're in the middle of spring steelhead season. Um, we yep. just got back. Uh, we were out last weekend and we're here this weekend and we're going out next weekend over Easter for, which will probably be our last trip out to Erie to catch steelhead. So kind of got steelhead on the brain. So that's kind of what I'm tying right now. Perfect. Perfect. And what about a, uh, as far as resources, kind of uh, book magazine, uh, anything that comes to mind, uh, video, uh, you know, like stuff that's not your own where somebody might be able to take fly tying or kind of nipping to the next step. Uh, let's see. As far as books go, uh, George Daniels has a fantastic book. Yep. It's uh, Dynamic Minting, I believe. Yeah, yeah right. that, that, is, that is probably yep. the, the best George book on, on the subject that, that I have ever read. 
I, I've actually I've bought the book I think three times because I keep loaning it to people and, and I don't <laughs> get it back. So nice. Um, and I'm funny. I'm looking at my bookshelf right now and I'm like, where's my copy of Dynamic Nipping? There you I go. See it up there. Um, anything by Popovics, Pop yeah. Flies is is was groundbreaking, and then his his latest one, Fly Design, is a good one. Um, Rich Strollis, the Catching Shadows book yeah. is, is fantastic. Um, there's a, a book that's called Modern Midges, and it's it's a very very thick book with thousands of different midge patterns in it. Um, that's a great one. Clouser's book on how to tie all his flies, the you know the Clouser minnow and the variations and the crayfish and all that. These are really really good books with really high quality pictures of step yeah. by step you know, how to do it. Um, as far as YouTube goes, um, t- you, you mentioned earlier, Tim Camisa, mm-hmm. um, his videos are, are just, just fantastic. Yep. Um, Tim's a great guy. Um, and, and, and he does a really, really good job with his page. Um, Tim Flagler is another good yep. one that, that, uh, what's he tight line productions, I believe. Yep. Um, he does a great job. Uh, Brian wise fly fishing, the Ozarks. If you're into big, you know, articulated meat streamers, he does a good job. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's a yeah, lot, there's a, ton. Of, there's a lot of stuff out there and I'm, I'm kind of envious of, of people that are, are just now getting into fly tying because when I started, you know, none of this, I mean, no. the internet didn't exist when I started. So, you know, you, you learned how to tie a pattern and, and you had to, you know, travel to a show or whatever to, to meet somebody to teach you how to tie another one. And, and now you can go on info overload, you, you know, and just exactly. in five minutes, you know, type in, um, pheasant tail in Google and look what pops up. I mean, there's thousands and thousands yeah. and thousands of different varieties. So that can be good and that can be bad because you can get overwhelmed. So you, you got to kind of, you, you got to go at it, you know, smartly and with a plan. Exactly. But, um, those yeah, there, there's, there's so many good resources out there. Those are great. Yeah. So it, yeah. And George, uh, George, Rich, Brian, those, uh, they, they've all been on the podcast here. And oh Pos- yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and Popovitz, yeah. uh, Popovix and Clouser and Flagler have not. So hopefully we'll get those guys on here. Yeah. Tim's, Tim's a good guy. Tim Flagler, get, try to get him on. He's, yeah. uh, you, you get him talking. He's, he's funny. We, we spent some time right across the aisle from him in, uh, the, um, uh, show out in San Francisco two years ago. Oh yeah. And uh, he's, he's a good guy. Yeah. He's, he's a really good guy. He would be a good get for the show. Cool. Cool. All right. I think, uh, yeah, Tim, I think we're there, uh, in the next, uh, six to 12 months, anything new coming out, you want to give a shout out to either yourself or the business coming up here? Yeah, we, we just released our, um, our fourth jaw style. It's, it's a inline fine point jaw that was, it was originally designed for holding shanks for tying mm-hmm. intruders and, um, the new, um, the little micro shanks for tying the, the small game changers. And, um, we did, I made, I believe 300 sets of them. And based on the sales of some of our other products, I figured that was going to last us about six to eight months. Um, we put them up on the website and they sold out an hour, 15 minutes. So yeah, it's, it's a good problem, but it's a problem because now I have people that want more and I've got to get them, you know, I got to get a machine and get them through the shop and get them packed and all that. So we, we just released that, that that's, that's our kind of, we were going to unveil that at um iftd in october last year and of course the show was canceled uh we were going to unveil that and the colored vices so we Mm -hmm. held off we unveiled the color vices on thanksgiving and then we just dropped the um the shank jaws here about two weeks ago oh cool um we've got some new stuff that we're working on Uh, i've got a bunch of ideas of of new products and then improvements to the um to the current lineup we're on our our gen 5 vice so the vice has been through five different revisions it it kind of it doesn't really look different as, as you it still has the same basic look to it um through the, the the different generations but we've made a lot of improvements internally in the vice so it spins better um it, it's it's a lot smoother than it than it was so those those are kind of our three big things that we did over the last year or so um, I've got some stuff that I'm working on. I don't totally know which direction we're going to go with a new product for 2021. Um, and that's kind of where we're at now. We're kind of figuring out what we're going to unveil at IFTD. And that's, then right. We're going to... that's right. But we're kind of, we're kind of in a, um, in a unique situation where we, we have the color vices, we have the shank jaw and 
although they, they've been unveiled and they're, they're out in the public, we didn't do any shows this year. So none of those products have been to the shows yet. So it's kind of like, do we do another one or do we just bring these out to the public so that people can see them? So I, I don't, I, I don't have, I, I don't know where we're going to go with that yet. So we'll, we'll get it figured out. Perfect. So, uh, so cool. Well, I guess in uh, norvice.com, we can send everybody out to the best place if they want to connect with you. Yeah, it's, it's www.nor-vice.com. So nor-vice.com. That's right. Um, and that's the website. And then we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Um, I think those are the, yeah, those are the, the three spots. platforms that we use. Yeah. Um, there is a great uh, Facebook page. That is not, it's not owned by us. It's not run by us. It's, it's just a customer that started the, uh, Norvice tires page. Oh yeah. So it's a, it's a, um, you know, it's it's not solely Norvice. It's a group. Yeah. It's Facebook group and it's not solely Norvice tires, but it is, there's I think 1300 members there. Yeah. It's a great way to, you know, if you have a question, our, our ambassadors are on that page all the time and, and they, they can answer questions on our behalf. Um, I'm on it all the time. It, it is rare that you will put a question up there that you don't get some form of answer within about a half an hour. So it's a good, good, um, a good resource um, resource. Yeah. And then we're doing that. We're coming up on, we're actually finishing up the, um, the Norvice, uh, March madness tying contest. So we're, we're getting ready to go into the championship round. The voting on the final four is going to end here in a few hours. Oh, wow. Uh, so the, the two guys are, and, and it, I think it's going to be the same two guys that were in the championship round last year. Um, so that's a fun thing that we've been doing. So yeah, there's, there's plenty of, um, of resources out there to get in touch with us. Nice. Yeah. That's fun. The March madness, I guess I'm not even, I haven't been following the actual March madness, um, who's up there, but, uh, do you, have you, do you, do you have a team in the running in, in the basketball tournament? Yeah. Yeah, now I don't believe it or not. As as many sports as as, as I played growing up, I was never a basketball guy. Yeah, I, I never I never was. But what we did, we took that basketball bracket system and we turned it into a, you know, th- the same way that the basketball tournament works, the fly time tournament works. And we drew names for the we we started with sixty four. Um, we're down to four, and each week I pull a different category, and they have to tie fly send it in. We post the pictures and then whoever has the most likes on Facebook after a 24 hour period, they move on to the next bracket. There you so go. There you it, go. It's a fun thing. It's, yeah. it's, um, it, we, we're going to make some, some tweaks and changes to it next year. Yeah. I was going to say, um, but, how do you keep people from, uh, I guess it's like, you know, uh, getting biased with, uh, you know, like it, it, it is. And, and this is, this is our second year of doing it and, and people have, definitely taken advantage of their social media following, um, yeah. which is fine. I, and, and I don't have any problem with that. Um, but we, we do, we do need to figure out a way to get back to the best yeah. high fly needs to advance as opposed to the person who Big can rally social. likes on Facebook. So, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those things where you, you started out and, and like I said, this is our second year doing it and, and it works well. And then, you know, it, it, it starts to morph into something that you don't really want it to be. So, and, and I, like I said, I had no problem with, with anything that, that has happened um, in the contest this year. There are three definite examples where a, a fly that was, was head and shoulders above the fly that it was competing against got knocked out because yeah. of stronger social right. media following. So we, we've, we've got, and, and I've gotten messages and, and sure. people. So we, we've, it's yeah. just one of those things that we have to address as you grow and, yeah. and we'll figure it out. And, and you know, yeah, we'll, we'll you're doing back it. With it next year. You're doing it. You're testing out. That's, that's the only way you do it. You know, you get it out yep. there and you tweak it and make it better. Yep. Uh, cool. All right, Tim. Well, Hey, thanks for taking the time today and for all the work you're doing over there at Norvice. It's, uh, you know, definitely inspiring to see, you know, you keeping the thing going strong and, and love, uh, it'll be fun to keep up with you and hopefully we'll meet you in person, maybe at IFTD this, this next, uh, this coming year. Absolutely. They just released it. Um, it's in Salt yeah. Lake City year. Yeah. We exactly. just got that yesterday. So yeah, next week we're going to sign up and get our booth and all that. So yeah, definitely swing by and, uh, and, and see us for sure. So there you go. If you want to find the show notes, all the links we covered, just go to wetflyswing.com slash 214. 
Uh, if you get a chance, uh, please head over to our members group, uh, wetflyswing.com slash members, and you can find out how to connect with people there and uh, just take the community a little bit further. The cool thing about this is that, you know, you're probably listening to this and I'm uh, not quite sure where you are. You might be in the Northwest, maybe the Midwest, uh, maybe Texas, or um, maybe even Southeast. Uh, but uh, the coolest way and the coolest thing I think about this is the fact that we're going to and we're continuing to connect people that are listening now with each other so we can get out and do some, you know, potentially some fishing trips, find new areas, uh, just kind of take the, you know, the group and what we have going here a little bit further with the podcast. So please head over there. If you get a chance, that'd be amazing. Uh, that's pretty much all I got for you right now uh, for today. Uh, I think next week we have uh, Charles Jardine, I believe, is on. So uh, stay tuned for that uh, coming up on Tuesday. Should be good. So I'll let you get out of here. And uh, if you are still listening to the back catalog, just uh, click ahead and, and check out the next episode. I'm not even sure um, you know where you're at if you've uh, caught up on things. But I appreciate your support. Appreciate having you uh, here. And, and listening. So uh, have a good one. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. For notes and links from this episode, visit wetflyswing.com.